Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, pay-per-views, premium live events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bunch of quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael sidrick michael hamlet enjoying a well-earned week off where he still inexplicably stayed up the night before his son's birthday to watch AEW dynamite but as i said i'm joined by sidrick to review the go-home episode of AEW dynamite ahead of all out there was a lot of questions going into this show how did you feel about it i thought this is an excellent professional wrestling show I didn't personally feel some of the criticisms levied at the show-long angle slash build to the main event, but I do accept them as criticisms. Um, Quick caveat. We are recording. Some noises might penetrate the audio. (laughs) We might even at some point have to abandon this particular um, podcast slot, go home and do it on Zoom, so you get this weird, complete jarring change in quality we can only apologize yes. they are revamping our office to make it um amazing but yeah like i thought this episode was absolutely fantastic um i do think that this is the end of the cm punk babyface character mm-hmm. it'll be one hell of a last hurrah selling the hell out of a broken foot in chicago um but yeah i do feel like this is the end of the cm punk babyface character and god damn it he's the best heel of the century so I'm up for that as well. But you're saying this is the end of Babyface CM Punk when we literally saw a baby's face on yeah, AEW yeah, yeah. Dynamite. That was such a double take for me of like, oh, God, I tell you what, this is really fine. Is that a small child? Not a small child. Is that a, an infant in the chair? Like, so I saw someone on Twitter saying he's like the, he's the Pope. Ah, Punk touched his baby. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, the best way of analysing this dynamite because it was so eventful, as I said, on the the road to All Out is to just dive straight into it. Yeah, it was flawed in some ways. We'll get to that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, And uh, I sense there's going to be a moment where me and Sige have a combined rant about something whilst also saying nothing about the guy, but... For God's sake, Tony, how many times have we got to say this? Um, so, the show opened, as Michael Sidgwick called, with the world champion John Moxley making his way out to the ring, carrying the AEW world title. He doesn't carry both belts because he's not an idiot. He's the world champion. You don't need that interim piece of crap. Anyway, gets on the mic, 
uh, and says, uh, CF Punk, you used to be called the modern 60-minute man. Well, I've got 57 minutes left of me from last week, uh, and you didn't. Um, when people get in the ring with the heart and soul of AEW, we find out what they're really made of, and uh, we find out what Punk was made of, because Moxley said he ate his best shot uh, and didn't care, and then Punk realized this and started looking for a way out. He folded, he curled up into a little ball, and champions, they never fold. Moxley says he's genuinely sorry that Punk didn't turn out to what we all wanted him to be when he came back and got his second chance. But Moxley's got no sympathy for Punk and his fragile ego and body, uh, his weak mind or his weak spirit. This is a tough, uh, and it's time to move on. And he pulls out of his pocket a contract, a open contract, a contract he has signed for the title match at All Out. He's just going to leave it in the ring, and anyone who fancies it can run down to the ring and sign it. And he drops it, and uh, he, uh, he's, as he's uh, departing, says, uh, remember, you know, test what you're made of on Sunday. Remember, I can out-marathon, out-sprint, out-fight, or out-wrestle with you, and I definitely care a lot less about my own hate. I am the leaving, breathing, leaving, living, breathing, there we go, fire-spitting heart of AEW, and wrestling me is hazardous to your health. Whoever comes down to sign it, you have been warned. This is absolutely incredible because he yet again put himself over as the very best and because he's in such form and such confidence and he's so universally beloved, apart from in Chicago, obviously, mm -hmm. he will prove an exception that he just, it was just so believable. Um, just there were so many wonderful points to this promo that I'm going to gush over in like sort of stream of consciousness rant form, but I must uh, bury something first. I didn't mind, in theory, the show long hook. Um, it's something that I don't like the idea that they have to do this to retain our by our interest because I just like the idea of the sports emulation promotion presenting fixtures, not doing soap opera mysteries and mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? But if they can find a way to do it, do it, and they kind of did it there. But the problem with this mode of storytelling, Adam Wilborn, popularized um, or yeah, popularized by uh, the Fed, mm -hmm. Mid South did it with the famous, incredible... If you haven't watched the um, pressure bandage angle with DBRC and Flair, you must watch it. You must you must watch it. So it's not new to pro wrestling. Bill Watts pioneered it. It sort of became common practice in the 90s and all the rest of it when everyone just ripped off Bill Watts. So maybe it is something <laughs> yes. that um, Tony Khan should experiment with. This wasn't the best experiment because what's stopping if there's a... Signed contract, right? One has to believe that Tony Khan has signed this to mm -hmm. sanction the match. Otherwise, yep. it would be an unsanctioned lights-out match. Moxley's obviously signed it. For this to be believable as a storyline progression, right, Tony Khan has to have signed this document. Otherwise, anyone could just do it, and Tony Khan could then go, oh, well, the events of television don't matter because I'm not sanctioning this. So why wouldn't a chicken sh deluded heel of which there are several in AEW. We saw a Avalon, group of them in the yeah, ring later, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Avalon, Smart Mark Sterling could have done it on behalf of Tony Nese or whatever. Why didn't someone sprint out and sign it and then Tony can't go, ah, like, oh, I've signed this. Because if I haven't signed it, it means nothing and therefore the story means nothing. So that was a bit silly. And I know it didn't take too long for A-Steel to run out and he's near Gorilla because he's a producer and all the rest of it. But... The implication that it could be signed by anyone was just a bit stupid mm. for me, quite frankly. Uh, why would Tony Khan sanction that? 
knowing that theoretically there are several goobers who have ideas above their station as part of their heel gimmicks that could run out and go, oh, I'm going to win and get their ass kicked because they're stupid heels. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit dumb. But Moxley's promo was so goddamn good. They've teased a match that is going to have drama in every second between last week's match and this promo, which not only created the expectation for anything between 3 and 50 minutes, therefore, theoretically, every single minute and second of the main event at All Out should have drama because you just don't know when the finish is going to happen. By saying, oh, it used to be the hour man, the hour-long marathon man, I think the the Mm -hmm, verbiage was, but I beat you in three minutes. You're instantly thinking, well, they're going to... Do a Death Rider immediately, I think, at the start of the match. So you think that's a finish. And then, oh my God, the longer this goes on, it could go to a draw. So he's implanted that in your head because he's a genius, making every second count, essentially, in the match. And in doing so, he puts over CM Punk in a way that CM Punk didn't with Moxie two weeks ago because he's saying, look, you used to be so great that you were the guy to get North America five stars again by Dave Meltzer in those famous matches with Samoa Joe. That's how great you are. I'm going to use that old image of you to bury the new broken version that I destroyed, but I'm still going to put you over as the guy who used to be able to do that. So that was absolutely incredible. His turns of phrases were immaculate. Moxley's a scary guy, so when he's talking about beautiful pro wrestling, glorious violence, the last time he used that very phrase, he murdered Kenny Omega, so I expect CM Punk to piss blood. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be an incredible match based on John Moxley's promo alone. Um, so this was an absolutely tremendous bit of business, other than a pretty ridiculous plot hole. Yes, Ace Steel, as you pointed out, comes out. Trainer of Punk, friend of Punk. He grabs the contract and takes it backstage. Uh, and speaking of backstage, we go back there, and there's Chris Jericho with Tony Schiavone. Um, and he said uh, the match with Brian Danielson, that's a nightmare for him at All Out. He said Stu and Owen Hart would be impressed how Jericho changed the game. And as he's talking, up walks Daniel Garcia and apologizes for his immaturity. He says he believes in Jericho, and Jericho appreciates that and uh, says um, on Sunday, it's just going to be me and Danielson. But until then, everything was fair game. And there's a little look across Daniel Garcia's face because we know what's coming next because me and Sidge booked it. Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager. Um, and this was, I think, what we were hoping for. Oh, that was great. On the preview. I think, as we said, there's a, a weird sort of stigma around Jake Hager. And to a certain extent, I can understand that. It doesn't really help when <laughs> Tony Khan says, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. Yes, what were you watching there, Tony? What? <laughs> but this was uh, this was exactly what was needed prior to the pay-per-view, in my opinion, because there was that brief moments in this where you're like, oh, Danielson's not making it to the pay-per-view because look at this behemoth that he's going up against. Danielson opens the match. He's using more MMA-style stuff. Obviously, he's working with uh, Jake Hager. Um, and, uh, at, well, so does Hager, and uh, Danielson's grappling him. Um, Tope suicide on the floor um, from Danielson. He goes for another dive, but Hager catches him and slams him through the timekeeper's table. He uh, picks the body up of Danielson, starts running him into the ring post and suplexing him on the floor. Ground and pound from Hager as we uh, go to a break. When we come back, Daniel starts making his comeback, shoves Hager off the ropes, missile drop kick, hard kicks on Hager. Uh, He goes for a triangle choke, but Hager counters that with a nice power bomb. That's when they exchange submission attempts uh, and Hager just scratches and claws and makes his way to the ropes. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, 
Flash Busaiku knee from Danielson gets him the one, two, three, and kind of as anticipated post match. Uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and they run down uh, to try and lay out Danielson to help their boss, of course, but making the save is Wheelie Uter and Claudio Castagnoli. That leaves Danielson alone in the ring. Jericho, who's been doing commentary, runs down and grabs a chair, and uh, Garcia runs down and snatches the chair out of Jericho's hands before he can swing and hit Danielson with it. This distracts Jericho, who turns right round into another knee from Danielson, and Garcia pulls that face again. All of this is absolutely tremendous. Um, just a quick note on the post-match before I forget. I love the idea that Daniel Garcia, at his core, just doesn't get what Chris Jericho is. He's obviously very grateful that he gave him money to recover and allowed um, enable him to be a pro wrestler again. But he just doesn't get that Chris Jericho in sports entertainment. He's always going to be a carny. He's always going to yeah. cheat to win. He's always going to sort of sully the purity of the sport. And he's quite this naive character who just wants to believe in Chris Jericho, especially when he's channeling the Lionheart, which is a great um, twist to the story to make it more believable. Because if he's if Daniel Garcia is looking at Chris Jericho in the Lionheart guides and he has an expectation of that baby face before he became like this ultimate carny succubus <laughs> to quote Cody Rhodes. So all of that um, character progression is great. Um, I do worry that it's going to be a little bit too overbooked come Sunday, but we'll worry about that as and when it happens. This was not a perfect match, but it was the goddamn perfect Jake Hager match. Yeah. And Brian Danielson is a genius. Obviously, Hager played his part. Like some of his strikes looked vicious. <laughs> um, like he's very good at little things, Jake Hager. Maybe that's another reason why he's so unfashionable and popular to bury because he doesn't do anything enormously exciting or spectacular. Um, but when he just punches you in the gut, it just looks painful. Mm. I thought this is a really good stripped back um, match in that respect. But Danielson's a genius. He got the length of this, the structure of this, yeah. absolute in the style of this, absolutely spot on. His MMA-style offense, which was just out-muscled by Hager, looked great. Um, he kind of knew he had to beat him in a different discipline. It kind of puts, it legitimizes Hager, the mm -hmm. very um, the tone and the style of the match. Um, it didn't go too long because MMA like fights typically don't. Mm -hmm. The flash KO ending was great because what he tried to do throughout um, was outgrapple Hager. He couldn't. He was too long. Even when he successfully outgrappled him, they used the fact that in an MMA fight. They don't. They have weight divisions because they're not very believable otherwise. So that he couldn't even tap Hager out because he's just simply too big, and they've got rope breaks in wrestling. So it had to end. It's one of those things when you think about it. It kind of had to end in a flash combat sport style knockout, mm -hmm. and it did with the Psycho. I just thought this was an absolutely terrific bit of business. Um, the best Jake Hager singles match in AEW. The crowd is absolutely white hot, mm. absolutely living and dying with Brian. Um, I just really, really enjoyed this match, as I suspected I would. Yeah, a great setup ahead of the pay-per-view match. Uh, and then... The Sorry, it just it did feel like it could end at any, any time. Yeah. And it didn't outstay its welcome. It just it was a perfect fusion of a... Not perfect, because there have been way better worked MMA matches than this. But for what they were going for, it was the perfect fusion yeah. of wrestling and MMA. Danielson wasn't going to sit there and flex when he's got him in a chokehold because he's fighting an MMA fight. Yeah. He's not fighting yet. Uh, right, then, inexplicably, the wingmen are in the ring. Oh, I just couldn't believe this. We spoke yesterday. We got the uh, structure of this perfect, didn't we? The yeah, opening of the show. two bits. If you go on the preview yesterday, it's redundant now, but you might as well. Yeah. Just for the mid-roll, just for the support. <laughs> uh, we said, right, they're going to start with Moxley because they're selling the pay-per-view. 
and then it's going to go into Danielson Hager, and you're going to get this wow, wild thing, flight the Valkyries, cult of personality or whatever. Mm. Like, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. And then they did that, and you thought, all right, it's going to be one of the best dynamites of all time, this. Yeah. And then he's a 10, but he keeps doing weird nonsense. That's Tony Khan. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? How can he be so unbelievable as a booker and then do stuff like this? I just find it so odd. It is like me and you sitting here going, right, let's pick our best uh, England 11. And you go like, right, Shearer. Shearer. Beckham. Carlton Palmer. You're like, what, 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 what? Wait a second, what? You were, you were nailing it then. Yeah, yeah, you got it all right. <laughs> what? Rob Green. No. <laughs> it just, it was just, it's, you want it's not Nick, even dropping the you ball. You want Nick Pope. Yeah. You want <laughs> it's not dropping the ball. It's throwing the ball behind you in it through no pressure. Like you've got it. You've got this now. Time for the wingmen. <laughs> what? So, yeah, the wingmen are in the ring. They've got protest signs. Placards. Placards, yes. Saying, we need to be on telly more, basically. This is, just before we get into what this was, healing the promotion by saying that people are unhappy and they're not booking people correctly and there's disillusionment in the roster is bad. And then... But in doing so, you're also putting the wingmen on TV, which is bad. This is, this is terrible, mm. terrible stuff. So they're going to do some, they're going to touch tips, basically. Uh, but before that can happen, W. Morrissey's music hits. And he comes down to it. He looks incredible. Fair play to him. Like, what a redemption story W. Morrissey's had. We're, we're going to bury this segment, but I'd like to point out at the beginning both me, Sige, and Andy Murray, who we've been talking about this in the office with this morning, it's it's all caveated. Like, this isn't W. Morrissey's fault, but he's just emblematic of something that I'm sure Sige will get into. So, yeah, Morrissey's music hits. Uh, he comes down. Um, it's being reported that he's all elite. They didn't, we didn't get the graphic. But regardless, he wrecks all of them. Uh, nice choke slam on J.D. Drake. Uh, and in the midst of all this, down comes Stokely Hathaway, as he has done with many mercenaries now. Comes down, offers Morrissey his card. Morrissey takes it. They walk out together. But as they're walking up the ramp, Tony Schiavone trying to find out what on earth's going on. Hathaway gets in his face. Book that match for all out, might as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and he refuses to answer. And they both walk off together. This was baffling. This is absolutely mystifying, but at the same time, I think they were trying to cultivate a mystery, so there is that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have put the wingman on TV, even in this role, and um, the idea that the company has unhappy talent. I just hate it. I absolutely hate that so much, and it's something that WWE has done for years and years and years and years and years, and I've just resented it then, so I'm going to resent it and be consistent here. Um, the beatdown, I guess, looked quite cool. The, yeah. st- the, the stalling choke slam was a great display of strength. Look, it's I've, I've long since reached the point now where I don't care who it is that comes in. It's full. It's full. This roster hasn't begun to properly interact with itself yet. This just prolongs it. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but it's not even because they were seeing reports today that maybe Bobby Fish isn't going to have his contract renewed. Um, It's not even the nightclub policy for me now. It's not even one in, one out. It's like one in, five out because it's so bloated. It's all we see here and say. And it doesn't matter who becomes a free agent suddenly 
even if it's someone more glamorous or more AEW fan friendly than W Morrissey, it's nothing personal against him. I think his redemption story is great. Yeah. He's done rave reviewed work in Impact, kind of under the radar, but it's just there's no need at all for literally one more wrestler in <laughs> this promotion. It's just it's insane. He's obsessed. It's just. I mean, if you wanted someone to come out and wreck the wingmen and sign with Stokely Hathaway's group, there's plenty of people you could look at and go, get him. Well, isn't Ethan Page the big guy in this group? This is what I was just thinking, Doesn't yeah. that just, dim- what, what's Ethan Page got? Because Stokely's the mouthpiece. Yeah. Lee uh, Moriarty's like the young up-and-comer. Who's a, who could be the baby face who splits off again. Gun, Gun Club. Club are your brats. You've got trios combinations and... Uh, w Morrissey is your monster. Page is a massive guy who can talk, and there's already two rules in this new unnamed yeah. stable. That f- it's just no- nonsense, nonsense. Yeah, this was he's, he's out of control. TK. Yeah. <laughs> um, we go backstage to the United Empire locker room where Don Callis wanders in to try and I don't know what he's trying to do here. Butter up simultaneously backhanded compliment Will Osprey. Basically doing that, look at you, eh? Hey. You're different from the guy I watched get beat by my guy, basically, in a tag match in New Japan. Uh, understandably, Osprey does not take this well, tells him and the interviewer, just everyone, piss off. Don Callis and Will Osprey are going to be a double act. Yep. And it's, uh, it's going to be quite incredible. Like, two of the most detestable people in all of professional wrestling is that a combined unit. And they're telling the story that Kenny Omega is still not completely fit. He's potentially past his prime, all the rest of it. And Osprey is like the younger, fitter model. And because he's a carny who just wants to make money, who just wants to ride a horse until the horse dies, (laughs) he's going to latch on to Osprey as basically Kenny Omega 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, so that's where I think it's heading. And there's, there's that weird thing. Was, oh, Kenny's back. Everyone's buzzing to see him. And the Young Bucks have been on the way to turning for quite some time. Where does Callis fit into yeah. this? And that's where he fits into it. So I'm all about the story. I think it's great. This act is like, it's almost too detestable. There are stories around or rumors surrounding both Callis and Osprey that make them very easy to hate behind the characters and the characters themselves are detestable. So... Almost too good to be true, putting them together, if you catch my drift. But this is all rumor and innuendo. And you know uh, how he'd uh, introduce his new mouthpiece? He's the f***ing Don! <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Like you say, yeah. It's it's one of those ones where we talk sometimes, and sometimes you or, or Hamlet or, or Andy will have to say to me, no, 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 this is what this means, and this is why it's a breadcrumb for future. This was them literally breaking off a piece of bread and putting it down right in front of you. And you were like, yep, absolutely. More of that, please. Um, And then, out of nowhere, Michael Sidgwick. It's time to play the game. Tony Khan's listening. He's listening. Shout out to Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton, for for doing all the uh, hard work when it comes to this. Um, Yeah. The women in the first hour again. Uh, What have I done? (laughs) Asshole. I've archived my text drafts. It was, I believe, 
you were like 112, I was 120. We were way off. This was 36 minutes and 32 seconds into the show. If you're wondering what we're talking about, it was Britt Baker's theme that hit. Um, thank you, as I sent to uh, Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton 4 on uh, on Twitter for uh, for keeping all the results here. So I said one hour, eight minutes, 19 seconds, and you said one hour, 20 minutes, no seconds. Mm-hmm. But well, what is this game we're talking about anyway? Well, the game, of course, is this is ladies' night. No. I'm thinking, ooh, what a night. Your luck runs out. Um, put me in the first hour? We said it could go this way, but you just don't want to say it. Look, it's absolutely fine. Next step, two women's <laughs> matches. <laughs> I did think for a split second, maybe we we're going to get like a squash for Cargill or something on this show. But then no, they, they got no. no. They got literally less than they, nothing. They got, they got a... Three second graphic with Excalibur shouting, and I just go, oh, I can't handle this. Yeah, skip, skip, I feel skip. I feel increasingly sorry for Excalibur when he does this. As I know the especially art, uh, on the on a pay per view week. It's the worst thing. It's one of the best parts of the show. Yeah. Look what cool stuff we're doing next. Uh, it's just too much because it was it's Rampage, the pay per view, and next week's Dynamite. Yeah, and it's just a like you say, just a stream of madness. But yeah. The women were put on in the in the first hour, 36 minutes, 32 seconds. Michael Sidgwick moves to four and five in his record. I dropped to six and four. Uh, Michael What's better? I'm ge- I, I appreciate the hell out of Mr. Blair for doing this. Yeah. I'm kind of, and this is me being thick, but the scoring system. It's because it, it's Ameri- American sports. American. Often, they have like a, the New England Patriots are on an, uh, seven and three so far this season. Well, like four to, zero or yeah. whatever. Four or seven. I support the Indianapolis Colts and they're always. Someone could translate to a tally. Yeah, I think that basically, well, Hamlet sucks. He's only got one win so out. So it's the first number, the tally of wins. Yes, wins and losses, basically. Ah, oh, so I just have to look at the first number. Yeah, so you've got four correct. Oh, I yeah, am thick. Hamlet's got one correct. I've got six correct. Sorry for doubting you, Adam Blair. Um, we appreciate this. It's such a cool Hamlet's thing. Hamlet's got six wrong. It's because he's an asshole, that's why. <laughs> and every time that the women are in the first hour, he either gets it wrong or isn't here. Uh, one hour, 52 minutes <laughs> and 11 seconds. All right. Don't tell him he's wrong. <laughs> he's finally going to go one hour. And then this week, the women main event of Dynamite. What? So, yes, it was, uh, as I mentioned, Britt Baker's theme that hit, and she was flanked by the brilliant Jamie Hayter. Give her the title on Sunday. Yeah, uh, please do. Uh, versus Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Uh, Storm gets the advantage on Baker early on. Uh, Jamie Hayter comes in and just drops her. She's mint. Not to spoil our all-out preview, but I think you and I are just going to sit here and go, what do you reckon this fought with Jamie Hayter? Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. So let's move on to the next match. Um, um, and they pointed out, Tony Storm, of course, uh, recently had some uh, dentistry done or whatever. <laughs> Baker just comes in. That fixed it for you. There we go. Thanks. Free bit of... Uh, free bit of uh, <laughs> Wisdom teeth work, maybe, by yeah. the by the doctor. Um, anyway, Baker goes for an avalanche air raid crash off the top, but Storm fights her off and hits a tornado DDT and tags in Sheeta. She comes in, Meteora on Hater, uh, but she goes for the pin. Baker comes in and breaks it up, so Sheeta just runs wild. Flying kick on Baker, pulls Hater off the apron. Tony Storm hip attacks Baker, floats through the ropes, tornado DDT on Hater on the outside, and Sheeta hits that buzzsaw kick of hers to Baker. One, two, three. Sheeta gets the win because she's probably eating the pin on Sunday. The last three, yeah, that's the thing. That kind of compromised my enjoyment of the match. You could see the sort of, the the favours done to the talent so they don't look like complete assholes. where, yeah, she's going to eat the pins so she gets the pin here. It's all very... Um, 
it's all incredibly obligatory, mm. right? But the crowd were up for this. The action was pretty awesome throughout, and particularly the last three minutes were all action, worked at a nice sort of rollicking pace. Um, that sort of Hurricane Rana into like a face-first bump oh. from Sheeta to Hater was just class. The last three minutes of this were great. So predictable booking, really strong action, without being too intricate or well thought out or big time, this was a nice, solid bit of business. And people know my reactions and my thoughts on solid and things that are just there, even if they're good. My standards are too high. Yeah. But when, Willborn, they are so low as it pertains to the AEW women's division, there is a curve to rate this against. And honestly, this was exceptional stuff compared to that curve <laughs> Granted. which is incredibly low <laughs> head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul mescal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about gray's anatomy every gray's episode ever is now streaming on hulu so, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, right, we got a recap of Kip Sabian's attack on Pack from uh, the previous week. Um, the kid looked like, uh, you know, Haley Joel Osmond growing up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's no offense to the guy, but you, you're not meant to be an adult. No. You just, you look weird as an adult because you're not meant to be an adult. I still don't understand what the plan was. Because I don't think he'd paid the kid. 
He beating the kid up, but the kid could have just taken the box off. He said he was just the threat. Of I violence. think the implication was he was so threatened by Sabian, who had off-screen told him, "You're going to do this weird ruse, and if you don't do it right, there'll be more where that came from." Yes, pal. that's the only explanation. Um, it's easy enough to infer, I, I but it was did, still so weird. I did like Pax underrated over it. I don't know why. I'm sold on that phrase now. I was looking at my phone, right? And I thought, it's Kip Sabian doing a Geordie accent. Yes, yes I thought that. Yeah. I know, it's just Pac being class. Um, embrace the change. They're going to fight it all out. If you're a, a worker, right, would you rather get 15 minutes on a much shorter dynamite than a zero hour? I think I'd rather have the dynamite, me. Yeah. Just me. Yeah, the old Atlantic title. Uh, is going to be defended at the pape, though, but as you said, it is going to be on zero hour. Uh, another match was added to All Out immediately following that. Miro's talking... Not another one. <laughs> now this one's pretty good. Yeah. This is pretty awesome, in fact. Miro's... Uh, I love him. Just, he's the only one who can sell me on this sort of bollocks. Like, when Malachi does it, I'm a bit like, eh. And Miro's like, God made a deal with the devil to try and kill me with the mist or whatever. And I was like, yep, I'm 100% in on this. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so, sh- like, it's great. Uh, and Darby Allen walks in um, and he talks about how without Brody King, basically Malachi Black is kind of powerless. Um, but yet, King's biggest accomplishments have been done without Black at all. And they show him basically hanging Darby That's a really Allen. cool detail, that. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I hadn't thought that through, I really. really. picked that up. Um, Black needs King and Matthews, but they don't need him. And Sting walks in, and uh, I don't know what it's the way he said, friend, <laughs> he had tickled me. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. friend. <laughs> um, Miro's going to ruin some pagans on Sunday, but he's going to have some mates with him as well. What Look, a weird team this is, but I love it. I love how weird this team is. I love the fact that these characters have been put together. I love how heightened it is because it's just heightened enough. There's no powers or anything. There's tiers of bollocks, right? Supernatural powers is there. Like, Miro talked about how his god and the devil chasing him are collaborating to end him, but he will beat both of them in together. In a handicap match. And he's in a handicap match against <laughs> Satan and our Lord and Savior. It's awesome. It's so histrionic. It's so great in a way that I can rarely articulate. Friend! <laughs> it's just awesome. God damn it! Who put it in all caps? You know Sting will read anything you put on that <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. But I couldn't care less about the delivery because I, well, I did like the delivery as well, I should say. But this team is just, that entrance, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, right. CM Punk walks down to the ring and he's lost his smile, Sitch. <laughs> Uh, he comes down, you know, it's a Chicago reception for CM Punk, and yet he isn't all fired up, obviously, because of what happened last week. Um, so he gets a microphone, and he starts talking about what happened when he broke his foot on the 1st of June. Um, he said, look, that would have been bad enough, but I wrestled on it afterwards, and my doctor told me I pulverized the bones in my foot. Uh, he subsequently had surgery, and now he's got plates and 16 screws in his foot. And I assume he gets heckled here because he suddenly went, that's more screws than you had, fat boy. <laughs> you fat boy. I love that. Like, uh, it's like one of Flair's old ones. Said, Shut up, fat boy. And then he sort of caught himself. I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, back to, the, back to the promo. Why don't you get some bitches, fat boy. <laughs> that's why I got 16 more screws in my foot. 
And you got zero screws on your bedpost, fat boy. <laughs> you got 16 <laughs> screws on my foot. And that's 16 fewer lays you had in your life. And just as many inches I got on my cat, fat boy. <laughs> Woo! I got plates in my foot, too. And you should have laid off the plates, fat boy. <laughs> it was so just like, huh. It was just completely, it's so out of character. He's Chicago there, of all he's places. He's meant to be in this like, oh, guys, I don't think I can do it. A, and then they get behind him and he's like, no. <laughs> Such an arsehole, isn't he? Like, yeah. it's great. I love it. I absolutely. So anyway, <laughs> quite rightly, he says, oh, I've done a lot of things in my career I shouldn't have. Like coming back from a serious injury. We're back on the tracks. Uh, he, he said last week he got beat up in Cleveland, uh, not for the first time, and he had to drive home with just his thoughts. He, he said his foot should be a hundred percent, but it's a different one hundred percent than before. He doesn't know if his new best is sixty percent of the time. It works every time. <laughs> he doesn't know if his new best is good enough. Um, he uh, he came back to wrestling a year ago because he loves this business, but he doesn't know if. This business <laughs> loves it, loves anyone back. Oh, actually, he knows that, actually. Um, he loves the fans, and he knows the fans love him back, presumably apart from the one on the front row he's just buried. Uh, um, it, it, it hurt. He felt like he let everyone down, and that made it hurt even more. Um, and he let down his little sister, who was on the front row there tonight, and, and maybe just that love isn't there anymore. And he starts mm. getting emotional. He's choking back tears. And out walks Ace Steel, who obviously we saw earlier on collecting that envelope. Uh, and he basically comes down and goes, what the fuck's this, Phil? He goes, this is what we talked about in the back. This isn't you. This isn't punk. And Steel then appropriately and correctly, and I hate that I have to do this, because otherwise some bell end on Twitter would go, don't know who this guy is. Don't know, don't know. So I'm not going to bother. They explained it on commentary, but um, I'm an idiot, and uh, I'm going to try and find something to complain about for this show. But So Ace Steel, on the mic, in the arena, says, just to clarify, my name's Ace Steel. I've trained Punk. I've been his coach. I've been his friend from the first day that he walked into Steel Domain. Um, I'm more proud of... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm proud of my career, but I'm more proud of CM Punk's career. They're not just friends, they're family. <laughs> don't just you don't let family down. Um, he says, you think about who you are. You're CM Punk. You filled an arena on a rumor that you'd come back, which when it was stated again, it was, it's still so bloody cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, I'm not going to let you walk away now. Um, you maybe have maybe thought too much with your hardened balls in Cleveland, um, but it isn't about how you you fall down. It's about how you get up, how you keep fighting. And he slaps the taste out of Punk's mouth says, you're going to fight on Sunday. Uh, and he tells the crowd to remind Punk who he is, tells Punk to sign the contract. And Punk unzips his hoodie. He's fired back up. He's That fire's been relit inside of him by Steel. He hugs him. He says, I'm just a punk rock kid from Chicago. I was born lonely. I was born blue in the face. There was a cord around my neck. Um, they've, been a they've been trying to kill me since day one, and they are yet to find a man who can do it. And Moxie, you are not that guy. Punk walks through the crowd, um, shouting about Chicago, uh, and he says, all out, Moxie can't break his bones or drink his blood because he, no, we 
are Chicago, and he signs the contract. Someone holds a baby up. <laughs> this is inexplicably indelibly burnt. Of all the stuff that happened here, the thing that's burned into my brain is someone holding a baby in a little pink baby grow up. But um, what a turnaround! Yeah, it was probably too quick to be honest, but I was still into it so yeah. much that it was one of those where the idea was too rushed, but the execution was so good that I'm probably going to be generous towards it. We are the blood, except for the cholesterol, <laughs> fat boy. <laughs> So, like, uh, just clapped. Love this. Uh, we'll have to do this. This is the new thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get over this ever. It's going to be the new thing on the podcast all the time. He's going to be heel going forward. Yeah, yeah. It's like a beast thing. Fat boy. He won't just wrestling, like, <laughs> clearly spelt. Look at this, steady, you fat boy. I'm going to make you wish you hadn't eaten your last plate, fat boy, because you ain't got the stamina to deal with me. Woo! <laughs> This is like the ex- the the delivery was so absolutely fantastic that even though it was very very sudden, uh, then again, is it because would you have wanted Punk to go? Is CM Punk still a bitch this week? Find out on Dynamite <laughs> yes. Live, Eight Seven Central, <laughs> ET, whatever the goddamn time yeah, is. Right. So I wouldn't have liked that. So maybe it wasn't rushed. Um, it was a, certainly a tonal shift. I'll tell you one thing, right? As uh, so the delivery, this was great. I'm hyped up on the goddamn match. Um, I'm from Lowfell Gate said. So I really didn't feel involved in this little moment he had with his fans, <laughs> and I'm very much prepared to boo him from through my TV screen, screen and subsequent to it. But I think this is the last hurrah for Babyface CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I think they are going to not commit to any full ter- long-term booking plans post All Out, because if I'm Tony Khan, I'm thinking... You have to see which way this goes, brother, because he could get booed in every other city or get a mixed reaction. You might as well. If he's get the second you start getting a mixed reaction, you can either be stubborn, no one's ever turned it around. I admired the hell out of Cody Rhodes for trying to be the guy who, you know what, if I'm going to be seen around Roman, I'm going to be the guy who just stays true and actually turns his reaction around without having to, like, retire effectively, mm-hmm. um, like Cena did. Um, I don't think that's tenable. We've seen it throughout modern wrestling history. It isn't. The second you get those mixed reactions and Punk's getting them now, turn, just turn. Uh, he loves playing heel. He's an amazing heel. Yeah. Everyone wants him to play heel deep down. Um, so that should be great. I'll tell you one thing, though, before we move on very quickly. Um, there is a bit of contrarian online response to Hangman Page following Full Gear 2021, where people think his title reign wasn't all that. Listen to the reactions. Uh, that he didn't feel as much of a champion as John Moxley. Yeah, this is true, but listen to those reactions. Um, oh, he wore a shirt once that looked a little bit weird mm-hmm. in a backstage segment on Dynamite, which he wasn't the focal point of because he's part of a slow burn storyline that's set to, you know, ramp up over this week. Let it play out, you morons. <laughs> Oh, Hangman Page. Oh, they've, they've lost Hangman Page. They've buried Hangman Page, right? Uh, you know, he's not as popular as he once was. They've messed him up, right? CM Punk was a dick to Hangman Page, right? And what happened? He went from white hot, quake by the lake, huge pep, came out, huge pepper, does his promo, buries Hangman Page, is a dick to Hangman Page. And what's happened, right, is that a, a pretty considerable um, number of that audience have gone... Actually, mate, you're a dickhead. Mm. And some of them are actually in Chicago. It wasn't just the fat boy <laughs> running your mouth. It was quite a few yeah. people. It was quite an eerie, surreal vibe of like, this is fucking in Chicago. Yes, because, yeah, like, that's exactly what I was thinking. There's not this savior reaction. There's not this white hot booming chance of CM Punk. This is as far removed from Money in the Bank 2011 as I can ever recall. Or the first dance. Like, in Chicago. <laughs> and he turned them around because the delivery was so fantastic. But, yeah, don't um, bury Hangman Page. That's how you stay over. Yes. Because he's very over. 
Yeah, really good stuff. I'm hanging till I die. And uh, I said, I'm going to have to do a lot of work to turn me around on this. I think they've done it. And uh, oh, scared to see what happens on Sunday, but excited, scared in the right, in the perfect possible way. And you pointed out something on Twitter we should mention as well about the being born with a cord around his neck that I thought yeah. was really nice. Uh, I was also born with a cord around my neck, really? and I uh, it was looking dangerous for a while there. Obviously, I'm here right now, pulled mm-hmm. through, but yeah, it was. Uh, and touch the great grass in the sky. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the mirroring of that with the bulldog. The bulldog choke as well. Like the idea that I was born blue getting choked for Moxie to do it. And then Excalibur will be the one to point that out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, we have a, a sit-down interview backstage. Um, Christian and Jungle Boy have agreed to no physicality. Uh, and, yeah, Christian's asked about being a professional and not getting physical in here. And he says, of course I'm a professional. I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, and uh, Jungle Boy says, I want to say that I, I hate Christian, but it's more complicated than that. We had a relationship. We felt familiar. I love Christian. And I felt that he loved me too. Uh, and Christian was like, I don't love you. Um, it's all about the money. <laughs> I'm here to it's make, all about the money. I'm here to make money. This is the real me. Uh, I'm here for selfish reasons, not to be a father figure. Um, Jungle Boy says he learned how, from his father how to be a man. And on Sunday, Christian isn't wrestling Jungle Boy. He's going to fight Jack Perry. I love the essence of this. I just thought it was a bit... Oh, there we go. There we go. I was really pissed off with this, to be honest, because there's a, uh, there's a gravitas and a history and a legacy that comes with the fabled Jim Ross sit-down interview. Mm. So when they announced it on like the lower left of the screen graphic, I thought, right, you got five minutes of Wrestling Genius coming up, and I'm absolutely uh, up for it. Mm-hmm. Perfect way to sell this particular match. These things are always tremendous, and it was over just as quickly as it began. And there was a weird soundtrack to it that made mm. it feel staged. The whole point was that these things are so good because the silence is uncomfortable. It's as stripped back as it gets. Deeply personal. Deeply personal issue between two men. And the fact that there's music there made it feel cinematic, made it feel hokey, and it just felt like there was something great there that's been absolutely hacked to smithereens yes. in post. Two great lines of, you know, I'm not, you're not wrestling Jungle Boy, you're fighting Jack Perry. Great. Christian Cage going to say, you're a has-been at 25. You're going to have to learn to live with that for the rest of your life. That's a great line. Because we've seen it happen in wrestling all the time. And honestly, people don't think... Some people online don't think Jungle Boy is it for this top babyface role anymore. So that was really cutting and real. And, oh, has he got a point there? So that was really strong. But this needed five minutes mm-hmm. to really build the tension and to get those lines over. And it just felt like another, yet another rushed thing yeah. on a show that is criminally rushed to its detriment. If this breathed and lingered... It was tense and built for five minutes. This would be a classic segment, and it wasn't. Yeah, l- let's be honest. Again, I'm, I'm, we're not burying W. Morrissey here. We're burying the whole concept of it. Did that have to happen this week? Or no. did you think maybe we can do that the week after the pay-per-view? A, 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 a new sort of game-changing character. You always do that at the beginning of a new storyline mm-hmm. cycle. And there was a match here that absolutely didn't need to be on it at all as well. FTR and Ward yes. versus Silas Young, Ren Jones, and uh, Vic Capri. Uh, 
Jones inexplicably gets in Wardlow's face and gets headbutted straight away. And then I think Wardlow is the only man in professional wrestling who can pull off that lariat and not make me go, what a load of bollocks that is. Yeah, no. They're like, whoop, take your head off. It's a bit like a... uh, Beat em up video game. Exactly movie, what I was thinking it? of. Yeah. You know, we were playing. Uh, we got we got a retro console in the What Culture office now. Shout out to uh, Scott Tailford of What Culture Gaming. And if you like gaming podcasts, the What Culture Gaming podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts from. Scott, Jules, Josh, all those guys talking about nerd stuff. Whilst we're here <laughs> cool, talking, cool, talking about cool wrestling. Um, but <laughs> woo. <laughs> but we were playing Tekken Three the other day. And there's a, I think Paul, there's a guy who like does this punch, but he like powers Boom. it up. That's what I think of when I think of Wardlow's preposterous lariat, but it's Wardlow and it's a lariat. So yeah. it's okay by me. I'll allow it. Um, FDR hits some moves. I've really, really sort of cliff knows this. FDR hits some moves. It looks like Capri might get some offense in and then gets hit with a big rig and the Powerbomb Symphony 1, 2, 3. Pointless. Yep. Not only was it pointless in and of itself. You know what? I think FTR and Wardlow might have a bit of momentum now. Yeah, no, my God, Christ. Pointless. Its inclusion on the show was to the detriment of certain other developments. I felt totally rushed. And um, follow it. Well, like, I, and Jay Cargill and Athena got nothing. So why couldn't these six get nothing when we've already established what's going on? Mm. Because we had to see Sanjay Dutt making notes backstage. I get it as a side gag. How can you make notes? Oh, the note would read, oh, we're going to die. Yes. There's no weaknesses you can spot. So I guess it probably was meant to be a funnier side gag of, how can you make notes on that? How can you? It's still rubbish. Mm. Uh, because that was followed by Moxley storming back out. And again, this was just to reiterate your point. Storms back down to the ring. I do like the fact that he's just, no, I've got something else to say, actually. Out of the way, I'm going down there. I'm the world champs. So I'll do what I like. Storms down, drops the belt, uh, and says, well, if that's what you want, Punk, that is exactly what you are going to get. Uh, if you want to go out on your shield in Chicago, then I will oblige you. Um, but uh, if Punk thinks he's got one more miracle left in him, he better find it fast because I'm going to take your head off from the first minute. I'm going to put on a display of glorious pro wrestling violence and show the world the difference between a fake messiah and a legend being made right before your eyes. It felt like he had more to say in this one. Yep, that'll do. yeah. It's weird. You don't cut off your champion. You just don't do it. You absolutely do not do it. You shave two minutes off the next match. That's what you do. Um, and I just, I never want to think less of John Moxley, who I am 36 years old, probably shouldn't idolize, but I kind of do. Mm-hmm. And when he kind of went, all right, okay, I'll, okay, I'll behave. I'll not, he uh, should have said, fuck off, I'm not finished. Mm-hmm. And use that as a cue to say, right, okay, I am out of time. I'm going to say, you're not finished. You retain my agency. And, like, not a production guy or Tony Khan can't control me. And then just say 10 seconds more of cool stuff, because what's 10 seconds, yeah. you know? Um, but this show was obviously rushed to hell. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we had to get to... Uh, it happened. It's three years of this, and they still can't manage their time. And it just... Maybe some people out there who don't... like We know what the ceiling is for Dynamite. We saw it last year, and they are failing to reach it. Maybe this sort of stuff doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's a bit amateurish, this. It's not for your slick and polished production. Especially because I'm there watching, looking at the timer in the corner, going, right. especially when, like, don't get me wrong, it was a fun high flyer thing to set up the ladder match. Not that anyone's buying the pay-per-view for the ladder match. Um, but Rush needed out, a, uh, people needed momentum. Yeah, they come out, and I'm going... You do know you've got Omega and Osprey still waiting in the wings, don't you? Yeah. So all this just, I just get a bit anxious. 
Um, but there was bits that had to be done, like what happened next. Uh, Preston Vance, 10 from the Dark Order, and Evil Uno backstage, and uh, 10's knee that was already buggered is just completely wrecked now. He's, he's on crutches. Um, and they explained that he's hurt his knee uh, last week. Uh, but thankfully, Evil Uno is going to take his place in the trios tournament. Uh, but then in comes Andrade El Idolo uh, and Jose the assistant, who says, I think he wanted to sign 10 or Summit or maybe get involved in the... Regardless, they beat the out of Uno and threatened to taser... Um, ten. Ten, if I'm not this mistaken. This is so rubbish. This is so like, rubbish. It means to an end to get... Yeah. So they're, they're trying to do two things at once here, right? Two birds with one stone. Get Hangman Page into the trios tournament and set up something with Andrade in the Dark Order and do on telly for three weeks after All Out, okay? Three weeks or... I'll be part eight years with these mid-card storylines. Yeah. Or like, sometimes they go eight years or like eight months, these mid-card storylines that just don't need to go this long. What I just do he not... attacks Jose the assistant and then goes, that's right, I'm going into business for myself, which means the only person I can trust is, is myself. <laughs> like, this is absolutely farcical. Yes, I understand it builds a program between, you know, the... The faction on Gobernables versus Dark Order at some point, right? Fine, but why would Andrade want to recruit Evil Uno? Evil Uno, the character, is a lovable loser, but at this point in his career, a loser nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, it's not cool. He's not. Uh, he's very polite and well-behaved and nice to his family. Andrade is a dick and will turn on his own family. Like, literally, why would these people... Uh, why would one of them want to join the other? And why would the other join... They've said, Excalibur has said a million times, the Dark Order is the closest thing we have to a family here in AEW. Andrade... That's pretty much what Uno said as well in response. Andrade turned on his literal family two weeks ago. Maybe they could touch on this in the promo. Dark Order's a family. You don't even like your family, Andrade. That could be, I don't know. But why on earth would... He offer evil Uno to facilitate him saying that line. You know what they should have done? Yeah, 10. Good. Injured. It's not good, but you know what I mean. He's yes, not really. Yeah, we know why this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Evil Uno could have simply, like, he's a really funny guy. They could have done some side gag. Yeah. Like a side gag where he kind of falls over or something. Someone drops a PS5 on his foot or something. Yeah, just make a bit of comedy out of it. Stupid. Yeah, that's the only explanation I can Andrade think. going up to evil Uno saying, you know what? Dragon Lee... My own brother, an electrifying wrestler. No. I've got my eye on Evil Uno. It's stupid. Even if you want to do the comedy thing that he sort of implied of like, what's good is getting people who wrestle in masks and then unmasking them. That's what, that's why I like you two sort of thing. But I, I, at this point, I was just like, what? <laughs> um, the taser made me laugh. Or stun gun, or whatever you want to call it, but uh, absolute nonsense. This is the kind of bollocks that you do when you're too busy and you've got too many people on your show, and you've got ROH doing nothing in the background, and you've got too much on your plate. Mm. You start cutting corners, not thinking about anything. Right, Roosh, Dante Martin, Ray Phoenix, and Wheeler Utah in action next as a prelude to this mad ladder match they're obviously going to have on Sunday at All Out, which we're going to preview as part of the All Out preview. Um, and it just was just bonkers. This, as anticipated. It's, uh, you know, like, like uh, match generator bots. If someone had done this, you'd have just gone, cool. So I think there's probably going to be a maximum of about three feet in the ring at any yeah, time. Yeah. They'll be in and around the ring, but it'll mainly be in the air, and it's exactly what you thought. Bodies flying absolutely everywhere. 
um, uh, Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix, their counters to pins are just gravity-defying. Uh, Phoenix hits a dive to the floor. Utah hits a tope suicida. Martin hits a corkscrew gra- dive, and then Roosh just hits a massive dive onto just everyone. Uh, Roosh uses the camera cables as a weapon to take out Phoenix and Utah. Um, beats on Utah in the ring, tries for a superplex, but Martin cuts him off. Um, and uh, he got German suplex into the top, off the top rope into Phoenix. Straight jacket pile driver on Martin gets a two count. Oh my god! Phoenix power bombs Martin for a pin attempt. Roosh breaks it up. Martin hits a poison rana on Phoenix. Goes for the nose dive. Uta cuts him off. Phoenix dives to the floor onto Roosh, and Uta does that seatbelt pin of his to pin Dante Martin. This ladder match looks insane. Yep, it looks like scary. The potential for botches is as high as the potential for the most nuts ladder match you've ever seen. This match was a nice enough preview of it. My favorite thing about Phoenix and his dives, well, was like, I've used the analogy before that if there's not a guardrail there, like in how many rows would he fly? And then when he's done it, um, where there's no guardrails, just the entrance ramp, he almost lands by the tunnels because <laughs> the propulsion is such yeah. that he lands on, it's going so fast that he lands on Roosh. The catch is great because it's just enough. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of does a forward roll because the momentum sends him sprawling. And then he's, oh, backstage. It's just <laughs> unbelievable action, completely committed. Some really cool moves. No depth to it. Take your turn, do your spot. But the spots were so awesome that I just had fun watching this. And it mm. didn't outstay its welcome. No, no, I'm really. I'm literally scared of this ladder match. Like, Who else is in it? Cesaro, Penta, uh, Claudio, Uta, Penta, Phoenix, Andrade, Roosh, Dante Martin, and then Joker, baby. baby. Oh, missed that. I forgot about that. Uh, so, yeah, Tony Schiavone's backstage with Alex Silver, Alex Silver, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds, even. Um, and they're basically going, oh, bollocks from this trio's tournament. There's only two of us. But who comes in to make the save? Here comes Hangman Page. Uh, he wants Dark Order to get the success they deserve for being his friend. And I did like the fact they were sort of like, hmm, Will Pangman Page, you're on the Dark Order? Whoosh. Yeah, Pangman Page, wrestling on Rampage. Straight away into the big spiel from bloody uh, I, I wanted the Dark Order, which I'm kind of in but not to win, okay? But unfortunately, every other member's been injured and you've only got two left. Dark Order are a family. They can be turned on, but they don't turn on anyone else. Sadly, Anna J turned on them, right? But they wouldn't turn on their own. Five left to pursue other ventures. He's gone, right? But they don't turn on other members. Once you're in the Dark Order, you're in them forever. Where's Colt Cabana? <laughs> Where's Colt? Yeah, he never said, I'm going to go somewhere else, guys. He just weirdly disappears. He's vanished off the face of the earth. Around sort of August 2021. Face of the I don't mind doing this in Irish. But I'm trying yeah. to perfect that accent, I think. Right, main event time. The Elite versus United Empire. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah, the Young, oh my God. The young Bucks and Aussie Open are involved in it as well. Oh, boy. This is so great. It's, a, it's been quite a few weeks of these recently on Dynamite where maybe we've been ummed and odd about bits of the show and, and what have you, but then there's bits where I go, I mean, I can't give you a summary of this. I doubt many people listen to this podcast and don't watch Dynamite. Yeah. 
but if you're one of those minuscule amount, this will not paint the right picture in your brain for how phenomenal this main event was. Especially, and I know these are, it's Osprey and Omega, but the pressure of like, the amount, how many times do we sit here and go, on paper, this should be mint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go, didn't really quite live up to expectations. And not only have you got that, and IRL Kenny Omega is coming back from just all the injuries, but he's also trying to, you know, neatly weave in the actual story. So it's not like you can just be like, right, well, if it goes wrong, I'll just be mint in the ring and we'll... He still has to be not quite 100% yeah. Kenny Omega, especially because then Will Ospreay can be like, I can do it, so why can't you, sort of thing. And that's exactly what we got. Omega and Ospreay start it out, and they just beat the crap out of each other early on. Ozzy Open, the books, when they come in, they just brawl with each other. They low-bridge Ozzy Open, send them out to the floor. Omega gets sent to the floor by Ospreay, uh, and uh, Ozzy Open sandwiched Omega between the books after catching them on a dive, and then Osprey hit a sky twister press to Omega. That was the first thing, basically. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> as the teams brawl on the ramp, Matt Jackson hits a flip dive off the ramp onto everyone uh, to take us to a break. You pointed this out. I'm going to say this now because otherwise we might forget to mention it. Better timed ad breaks than, what was it, last week that really cut the bollocks off it? Uh, the, 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 the dynamite trios matches in this tournament all have kind of suffered somewhat by the breaks, but they've just incorporated the breaks so much better here. Uh, shout out to uh, WCPW's Mark Davis, uh, who slammed both of the Young Bucks at the same time, which is no mean feat. It looked so much better for the struggle element as well. Yeah. If it looked clean, it would look cool as well, but it just put it over as a, like a strength spot for the fact that you really had to work for it. Root strength. Yeah, 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 like a deadlift. There. Yeah, that's a point. Five-sixths of this match came from WCPW. So, you're welcome, Tony. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega didn't come through WCPW. Um, he hits dragon suplexes on everyone. Uh, Osprey comes in and hits a hook kick, goes for the Oz cutter, but Omega counters. And then Osprey counters the Tiger suplex. Like, <laughs> he counters it, and it's amazing. But he's just such a dick. No, no, he's... he's <laughs> like, that was crap. Like, it's a tiger suplex. You, every, like, I wouldn't want to eat one if you gave me £100,000. Because I think, oh, cool, I won't be able to feel myself from the neck down if he did that to me. And he just sort of shrugs it off and goes, is that it? Hits Arana to send Omega to the floor. Uh, goes for the uh, Sasuke special, but Omega dodges it. Dragon suplex on the floor. See, I would get you. Um, Aussie Open hits a beautiful delayed vertical superplex on Omega, which looked preposterous. The bump. And then Osprey jumps all over Omega. He sees the opportunity that you pointed out on the preview yesterday. Get that fucking compression shirt off. Let's see what's under there. Uh, turns out it was a lot of tape. A lot of tape. Taped ribs, uh, taped shoulder, taped everything. Um, little uh, little uh, fav favorite of mine, when someone's got a taped ribs, let them try and run away from you and pull them back yeah. with the tape. Just love that. And that's what Osprey did here. Omega finally makes it to his corner, though. Hot tags Nick Jackson, who runs wild. Moonsault into a tornado DDT on Osprey on the floor. This is so great. I was waiting for him to subvert that spot in some way um, from the dive, and he did it. Yeah. DDT. He did, boy, did he do it. Uh, Osprey gets his knees up on the 450, though, and he hits a snapdragon suplex on Nick Jackson. 
Uh, back to Omega and Osprey. No complaints here. Hard forearms between the two of them. Osprey hits a Liger bomb on Omega, but then the books come in and double team Fletcher. Uh, they hit a double super kick V trigger combo with Omega, but that only gets a two count. They set up for the Meltzer driver. Nick Jackson goes for it, and I think they missed this annoyingly a bit. It was sort of uh, a bit sudden with the the, the cameras. Can I just? Do, I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. No, no, I no. love it when they miss something in a match match like this. I know that sounds like what a biased arsehole, but it's just it means it's so, so wild. frenetic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he's going for the Meltzer driver, and Osprey, I don't know where he was, uh, but he just comes in and Oz-cutters him. Um, and then I think they hit Matt Jackson with their sort of version. It was sort of a tombstone. It's a Meltzer driver, basically. Uh, but Jackson kicks out. They can't believe it, of course. The 2.9999, like the closest thing to three. Yeah. I don't even think I've seen a car to do this. No, this, was... this near fall was mind-blowing. They hit it. And my brain went, well, they can't win because we know what's coming. They've literally just said, oh, Hangman Page is in the other yeah, semifinal. Yeah, it's yeah. like saying, we probably won't have time for a Rampage preview. I had the exact thought as you, mate. And, and I was, was like, just... it's like me saying, do you think best friends are going through? To the gun? Yeah, no, no, of course not. But they hit it. And I say this sometimes when we talk about a variety of... And in the seconds it takes for a referee to go on, two, my brain has rebooked the entire tournament. Yeah. Like, oh, so you're going to have Osprey versus Page in the like yeah. the teams of them in the final and incredible. So make again. Oh, he's kicked out. Well, oh okay, yeah. Of course he's kicked out, but yeah, a brilliant near fall. Um, and then they triple super kick. Uh, Cole Fletcher um, hit Osprey with an indie taker. Uh, Omega V triggers Fletcher, <laughs> who just knows what this. He was just right in the road. No, nah, no, nah, I know what happens with this. V triggers him. One winged angel. One two three. Of course. The uh, the elite win. They advance to the final, which will go go down at all out. The other semi final will take place on Rampage, and well, save time. It's going to be a dark order yeah. winning that, and so that's what we're going to preview. But uh, oh, what a close to this show this was! This is utterly phenomenal. I adored it. Um, just watching Kenny Omega slowly come back to life. Um, his selling was different in this match, where he's absolutely bang up for it. And then they realise that, oh, hang on, he's not quite ready. Look at the cupping. I reckon he's worked those cups. Yeah. He's done cupping just because people associate that, oh, Kenny Omega must be a bit thrashed because he's going for this, like, sort of pseudoscience stuff. It's like a last resort, isn't it? Yeah, if it, if, it, if it even works. Yeah. If it even works. And he's got the cupping, which I think he did on purpose for this, and the tape where you think that what he's done now, he's recovered to the point where he's got loads of the tank at the start and he's coasting on the adrenaline, and he's sharper because he's got the cardio back a little bit from being in the ring two weeks ago, but he's still deep down a little bit broken. Um, so his selling was great. He was like, just got that one-winged angel again at the very end. So that story beat was great. Uh, they looked ferocious, the stuff with him and Osprey, which sounds weird because they are doing incredibly, not choreographed, but like very obviously wrestling, mm -hmm. state-of-the-art wrestling, but it's not like a rough-and-tumble bloody brawl like... Bruce, uh, Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher. Like, they are having a very state-of-the-art athletic wrestling contest, but yet it's always about tone, not so much style. They really felt like, within the style that they're working, they did a great job of conveying that they actually loathe one another. All of this was wrapped around this breakneck, ridiculously paced, like, actually relentless match that only really slowed down for the most brilliant, structurally great, 
psychologically rich and also funny reason because Kenny Omega, who's the scourge of the 80s pro wrestling fan, they all hate him, right? Not only has he got a slightly incredible work and punch, it's so good, right? <laughs> um, which is the one thing that they miss all of these 80s losers who haven't grown up. <laughs> I'm one of them, but it's not with wrestling. Yeah. Um, but he's also got a Ricky Morton of a... I, I'm reaching out for the, the hot tag. Like, absolutely incredible. Like, that sequence, I understand for the Yanks, unfortunately for them, it was in picture and picture but on Fight TV, it was electrifying. Yes. Kenny Omega teased and teased and teased, needing to hit that tag for his health and the, the status of the match, which puts Osprey over. And I love how thick Osprey is because he's, it's <laughs> easy to make jokes about him. But him doing the Sasuke special and landing on his feet and just getting immediately snapdragon. And I was like, yes, you thick twat. <laughs> you got got by my favorite wrestler. I just thought all of this is tremendous. And that near fall... Um, recency bias is cool because wrestling never stops you kind of need it you need recency bias otherwise st- to hold on to it for some weeks because sometimes it can just get a bit eh, wrestling again is it never blue stops does it I can't think of a uh, close end of fall on in AEW history than that no. uh, Carter is obviously I'm hyperbole he's probably done more than that um, my god Roman's great at the 2.99999 mm. as well that 2.99999 in this one was just absolutely... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fantastic conclusion. Two AW Dynamite, a hell of a go-home show ahead of All Out this weekend, which, of course, we were doing a live stream for Andy Murray and Michael Hamflet on Sunday night on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be reacting to all the events of it, and me and Sid will be previewing All Out probably tomorrow as a podcast it will come out. Um, so make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for that one. Uh, also, later on today, we're going to be previewing Clash at the Castle. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a mad weekend. I can't promise anything regarding the uh, the podcast schedule. But if you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, you'll get all the good stuff on there. And then hopefully normal service will resume next week. But this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. Follow both of us. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Get his book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. If you are stuck for something to read ahead of All Out this weekend, you can buy it right now on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. But as I said, this has been the Dynamite pre- uh, review even. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.